Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Episode 52 here today on this Tuesday morning. Um, hope you all had a good weekend, a good week one of college football, a good week two, or excuse me, week one of NFL, week two of college football. Um, well, you know, we'll talk about football a little later in the week on a Thursday episode. But as for today, uh, our weekly Tuesday episode, we're just going to talk about a little MLB, a standings update with division leaders and wild card standings. Some golf as the PGA Tour season took a little break, but they're finishing it out now, uh, starting this weekend. And then just some other important dates for some other sports and then closing it out with the ice bath. So we'll get started here. Turn off the heat with a little hot take to start off the episode. Um, I'll go first because I think it'll flow a little better. My hot take is that, well, it's not really necessarily like a take I came up with. I kind of had to figure out what to do and had some help with the take. But uh, but mine was that TikTok is trash. And I do think that there are some things on TikTok that are like influential and that are actually like worth the time. But I think the majority of things that you see on TikTok are by people that don't know don't have anything better to do and like it consumes way too much of people's time especially this generation i think we already have enough social media between twitter instagram snapchat whatever that i think tiktok's just like an added platform that people spend their time on and i just don't think it's as like i don't think it offers really anything different when you think about the other three apps combined like instagram has has always had videos and TikTok is like strictly videos, but it's not as good or influential as a lot of people think it is. And I just, the only time I really go on it is if I'm watching videos that someone sent me. So I don't really, uh, I'm not a big fan of it. I know my generation, um, you know, most people do enjoy it and like spending time on, it. I just can't get behind it. And I don't think I ever will. I've got a good I've got a good take on this. I'm gonna start with my voice sounds terrible today. Um I mean lost a little bit at the game on Saturday, woke up today, uh was a little better yesterday on Sunday, and then woke up this morning on Monday after a Monday morning. A little bit of a sniffle, so I've got some allergies going this morning or today, a little bit of a trashy throat. So I will apologize in advance for that. But <clears throat> my uh here's my take on this. I Used to be on TikTok all the time, just like watching videos or whatever. I don't, really, I've never posted anything on TikTok, but I used to be on it, watching videos all the time. And then this summer, during my internship, the firm that I was working for, basically, uh, the federal government banned it. And so, since like the practice that I was in was government consulting, none. If we were gonna have like email on our phone, we couldn't have TikTok. And so, and that became like basically became like a firm wide policy. So if you had like a, they call it like a managed device. If you have a, a firm managed device meaning you have email or teams or whatever on your phone that has, you know, work information on it, you can't have TikTok. So I deleted TikTok because I wanted to have email on my phone, get my calendar, all that stuff. And so deleted TikTok off my phone. Um, when I unmanaged my device, meaning like I took all my work stuff off of it when the internship was done this summer, I redownloaded it, but I I never really like go on it on my own. It's only like for like when my friends or my girlfriend sends me stuff to look at on, on TikTok um i'm never really like browsing it i don't like oh i'm gonna go watch tiktok now like i don't it, like yeah you used to do that in the mornings or like, like when i was like in bed at night but like now it's not really like a habit because it 
I like it just got forcefully broke not having it on my phone. So, I mean, Instagram like has the same thing with reels. So it's really not that much different. But um, I did spend some time on reels today. I, I did. I was I was I got back from the gym. I spent like 30 minutes on it. Got lost in the sauce. But um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some non-productive content. Most of it's not that productive. There's some funny stuff and some cool stuff. But no, I agree with you. I think for the most part, um, it's not a great platform. And when you dig into like the security issues behind it with like data harvesting and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's probably better off on, you know, with people not using it, at least not posting on it. Um, and again, Instagram reels is basically the same thing. So now I do know that TikTok's done a lot of good for a lot of people. Um, it's given a lot of people opportunities to do things and given them platforms to talk about things they're passionate about, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to bash it for that, but I do think that there's some, I think oh, you're on the right track that it's just not that great of an app. Um, and not that great of a platform. Um, my hot take sparked by a pre-recording conversation is that, once a holiday comes and goes or a season comes and goes, it is never too early to start decorating or filling your life with things of the next season. So, for example, it is September 11th today. It's not 11. Tomorrow is not, you know, September 12th when this comes out. So we're in the first week and a half, almost two weeks of September. I'm fully embracing all of the pumpkin spice things right now. Big pumpkin, big pumpkin cream cold brew guy. I'm going to I'm going to take that one. Big, big fan of the Starbucks cold brew, little pumpkin cream on top, sub it for almond milk or sub the, uh, the, the syrup for sugar-free vanilla, take some calories off it, a little more macro friendly, but I'm all about the pumpkin, pumpkin spice season. I will wear that one. And I'm all about the decorations for it. I don't like me. I don't go trick or treating anymore. I just enjoy the season. So like, yeah, I'm going to decorate for Halloween here pretty soon. We got, we got some of our, uh, got like the little, uh, jack-o'-lantern little small lights we put around the tv a little festive action we got a little like a little quilt put up put over the couch a little bit of a festive action got some some fall leaves and colors on it got the fall throw blankets out so i'm all about it i think it's never too early to start decorating like listen the minute that uh that halloween is over the minute that, that the counter turns to november 1st we are rolling into christmas decorations christmas is the best this is maybe the next take. Christmas is the best holiday season of the year. No questions asked. I, I'll save that. I, we'll get into that conversation next week, maybe on my hot take. But like I'm, I'm, I and you, you hate this one more than more than the the fall one. But I'm, I'm skipping through Thanksgiving. I'm just getting on to Christmas right away. Thanksgiving is great and all, but like, what am I just gonna like decorate like darker shades of of October? No, or September? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll into Christmas decorating. It's very jolly. For very a thing a, a season of thanks, let's jump into it. So, but yeah, it's never too late to decorate for the next season slash holiday. It's my hot take. Yeah, I don't hate it. I just think, in terms of decorating and how the season works based on what you decorate for, in terms of holiday, the schedule of holidays, July between July Fourth and Halloween, that's a long break. I get it, and you don't really decorate for July Fourth other than like flags and do fireworks but that's not decorating so in terms of like interior like home decorations halloween i get decorating like october when, when october comes around but like unfortunately i guess not unfortunately but um sometimes you know other people like to decorate earlier and you don't have as big of a say as you wish you did um but i, will I mean say, just come on say it 
Yeah, my apartment's decked out in Halloween right now. Um, you know, we're seven weeks out, but I guess, I mean, I guess it's preparing for the holiday. I, but yeah, we don't we don't trick or treat. So, um, got all the pumpkins and signs and blankets and what else? Some light up jack o' lantern, couple many things. But overall, um. Yeah, once you get to October, I'd say it's acceptable. Uh, but three weeks early is a little tough for me, at least. Um, but my thing about Thanksgiving is I think you can keep some Halloween decorations and they can also serve as Thanksgiving decorations. Now, obviously, the pumpkins, it's a little like you probably got to get rid of those after Thanksgiving but or Halloween. But a lot of the decorations do coincide, I think, because it's like the same general colors. Um, you know, I mean... Thanksgiving colors are a little more neutral, but a lot of people don't decorate for Thanksgiving as much. I mean, I think Halloween's definitely more decorated for than Thanksgiving. But then also Christmas, November 1st is way too early for Christmas. You got to wait till Black Friday at least to do any Christmas decorations. I think the reason that I don't like decorating early or at least before a holiday, like decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving is even here. It's because it gives you, like, false hope, you know? Like, I want my seasons to be, like, more defined. And if I'm decorating for something, I want that holiday to come around soon. And I don't want to keep waiting and waiting while I'm decorating because I feel like decorating, you know, gets you in the mood for the holiday and the season and all of that. And I don't want, like, a uh, false hope of, oh, we're we're decorating? Oh, Christmas is still two months away. Like, I want to decorate after Thanksgiving for Christmas. And for Halloween, I just say October 1st because I don't want three months of Halloween decorations. Um, Thanksgiving, like I said, kind of the same deal as Halloween minus the pumpkins. So, um, yeah, I know everyone's kind of different on that. But I know, at least with the people I'm close with, that I'm the minority, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, the, the way my family's always done it is just kind of wait for the previous holiday to wrap up to, before getting into the next holiday. And I think that's just what I've become accustomed to. and what I like doing. So, so when I'm at home, like with my parents, like, yeah, like I'm, I don't know if I'm putting the Christmas tree up November 1st. I'm going to wait a little bit, but that's usually after Thanksgiving. But when I'm in Lubbock, when I'm here at my apartment, we don't, I mean, we're gone second week of December because finals is over and I'm getting home. Like I'm trying to get home, going out, make the most of my winter break. Right. So in that sense, I'm putting the Christmas tree up here a little earlier maybe celebrate the, the, win- the winter season a little longer, if you will, since I'm in Lubbock, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you miss Christmas here, you miss New Year's here. So that's my take. I will leave it up and take it. I'll take it down when I get home. Um, I'll leave it up so I can, you know, leave on a nice note in the winter time. But um, yeah, so I guess, I guess I'll redact my like November 1st. It's going up. That's like, cause when I'm here, I guess when I'm home, I'm probably waiting a little harder, but right. Yeah, I get that doing it earlier, like decorating earlier because you leave earlier. I get that. But yeah, it's tough to I just think it's tough to decorate for a holiday that far in advance. But anyway, we will get into the actual content now. Um, We're going to talk about the MLB to kick it off is kind of that's what's hot right now in the sports world outside of football, which we do not cover on this episode. So. First off, looking at the division leaders, I'll kick it off with the AL. So these are updated. And in the AL West, I know last week the Mariners were up. And just seven days later, the Astros have a two and a half game lead on the Mariners. 
who are above the Rangers right now, I believe. And then in the AL Central, the Twins are slowly pulling away. Seven and a half games up on the Guardians, I believe, who are in second. And then the AL East, the Orioles are three games up. Um, there are four games up yesterday, three up today. Uh, you know, blew a three-run lead yesterday, kind of tough. But uh, I don't know who's going to win the West or the East, honestly, in the AL. Um, things can change pretty quickly with a five-game or less lead, especially when you have 20 games left still. But should be a fun final stretch um, to close out the regular season and a fun playoffs as well. Uh, I know a lot of teams are fighting for that top seed or – fighting for their own division title in some cases, like in the NL Central um, and the AL West to teams that probably won't get the top seed, but are still wanting that, you know, division title and that technically wild card buy. Um, but yeah, I'll let you get into the NL and we'll keep it rolling. I mean, literally nothing has changed. The division leaders are the same. The Dodgers are, are up in the West by 13 games. The Brewers are up in the Central by three games and the Braves are up in the East by 16 games. So, Last time we talked, Dodgers were up thir- do- up 12, Braves up 12 and a half, Brewers up four. So literally nothing's changed. Dodgers are up one more, Brewers are up one less, Braves are up, what, three and a half more. Um, I guess looking really at the Central's really the only division that, that's, you know, um, we're even talking about a, a, a competition. I think the Dodgers' magic number is down to seven, and the Braves is down to three or four. Yeah, the Braves um, already clinched a playoff spot. Yeah, they clinched their the first playoff spot, which which I, I mean was gonna happen. Yeah. Um, with them having the best record, um, they I think I guess their magic number I think it's down to three or four. I think it's four because the Dodgers is seven. Uh, yeah, and they're three games. It's or three games. So I think it's four. Um, or they have a three game larger lead in divisions. So it should be four. Um, so they should clinch within the week. Dodgers should clinch within the next couple weeks. Looking at the Central though, Brewers are up three games on the Cubs. It's probably a two-horse race. I don't know if the Reds can get up to six, you know, jump both teams six and a half back. Um, should be interesting though. I the Brewers are scary, dude, in the playoffs. The pitching they're gonna have. Corbin Burns is pitching the best he's pitched all year. I know he didn't have a great start to the season, but he's pitching really well. He took a no-hitter eight innings against the Yankees in New York. Uh, what two days ago? Three days ago? And yeah, three days ago now, Friday, right? Um, I don't remember exactly. Or was it yesterday? Oh, it was yesterday, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. yesterday because I was trying to watch it while I was watching football. Um, they pulled him in the eighth or after the eighth. He didn't get to finish it, but they uh, and he took a no hitter eight innings, uh, like thirteen Ks or something like that. So, um, he looks really good right now. They're scary. I think they're gonna win the division. Um, that said, I don't know what their schedule looks. Like. I don't. I, if they play the, I'm, I'm gonna look while we're while we're talking about it just for the sake of the conversation because we don't have that much to cover the rest of the day. Um, yeah, I honestly think they. I, scroll, I mean, most teams probably would get a bit of divisional games towards ooh, the end of the season. They the last series of the year they host Chicago, so yeah. that's probably gonna decide the division. I would think. Yeah. They have Miami starting today. They have they have they have Miami in Milwaukee for four. They get Washington coming to town for three, which is big. They go to St. Louis, which is big because they're basically punting on the season. They go to Miami, which is really their they're going to be their hardest series until they get the Cubs to end the year. Because um, Miami's fighting for a playoff spot as well, right? I mean, they're fighting for a wild card right. too. So um, they get three at home against the Cardinals before they get the Cubs. So. Uh, I looks like it's going to set up for one, two, three, four, five. 
it sets up for Burns to start against the one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four. It sets up for Burns to start the last game of the year against the Cubs. Um, I love it, dude. I'm here for it. I'm here yeah, for no, it. Yeah, no, that should be a really fun divisional race, hopefully going down yeah. to the wire. Um, Definitely. Overall, I don't know any of the AL divisions, honestly, even the Central, which is funny because the Twins have the fewest, like their magic number is the lowest, but they're going to be the only team in their division to make the playoffs. So kind of ironic, uh, the Orioles' magic number is like 14, unfortunately. So... Um, it's, it should be fun though. There's a lot of, you know, three of the, really four of the six divisions, uh, are undecided still, uh, with 20 games left. So look at the wild card standings. You get the top three teams that didn't win the division. So in the AL, it's a couple of AL East teams in the Rays who are eight and a half up. And then the Blue Jays who are one up on the Mariners who hold the final wild card spot as of now. And then the Rangers are a half game back. Everyone other than that is three or more games back. And honestly, I don't see how they make the playoffs. I think it's going to be three of those four teams that I just said in the Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners, or Rangers. Um, they now have some more contenders for that final wild card spot than the AL does. Um, just with the Central AL Central being so bad, it's kind of makes it for a more defined race. You get into the National League. Um, the Phillies are three and a half up. Uh, in the, I guess on the wild card race, the Cubs are two up. The Diamondbacks are even in the third spot. Marlins a half game back. Giants a game and a half back. Reds a game and a half back. So you're looking at, what, five games that separate the Reds and the Phillies from, from right. one to six or from one to five. Yeah, six there. So um, I, this is going to be a race that I think comes down pretty damn close to the end. I I have a hard time seeing the Diamondbacks getting into the playoffs only because I think they have a series against the Dodgers towards the end of the year. Um, and you're probably looking for a team like the Dodgers to be playing good baseball at the end of the year. They do not. They have their last series against the Astros, though. That's not mm. great. So right. um, they, they're playing the Mets for four, Cubs for three. You know, they've got a pretty favorable schedule, actually. They have the Mets for four. They get the Cubs, and then they get the Giants for two, which will be tough. They get the, the Yankees, and then they have the White Sox. They could pick up three big ones against the White Sox. I guess if you kind of look further at schedules, I don't know if we have time to. I don't know if I want to either. But um, I think the Phillies are going to lock, lock to make it. I think the Cubs right. are probably going to make it too. I would think It really they comes would. down to – I think in the NL, you really just have the Phillies that are probably a lock. The Cubs could still lose a spot, I think. I mean, it's just – really three games that separate not having a spot for them. So and yeah, if the Marlins get hot say, though, or one of those teams get I, hot. I, I like them to make it because their run differentials almost a hundred this year, which is, I don't know what that's good for in the entire league, but it's, it's not bad. Right. right? Um, you look at the other teams that they're competing with all have negative run differentials. Um, it's funny enough. The Padres who are eight back, who are going to be limited pretty soon, have a plus, have a 61, a plus 61 advantage. Uh. And they're a below 500, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll say that's the only thing I like about the Cubs. Other than that, though, um, it's going to be tough for them, I think. Except it, for all these teams to, 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 to hold on and make it. I mean, baseball's um, as inconsistent a sport as you're going to get. So um, curious to see how the, how the season finishes out for 
you know, for both those teams. Um, if I had to guess, Phillies, Cubs, Marlins, I think. The Marlins are playing good baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Um, won eight of their last ten. I just think they're the best club here, although I wouldn't count out the Giants. The Giants are just a well-coached team. So. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I really hope it goes down to the last couple games. I don't want it to be locked up and then teams are resting guys and all that. I want some good games to round out the regular season uh, before those wild card matchups. But that'll pretty much do it for the MLB today. Uh, just kind of brief standings update. Uh, we'll have another one next week on Tuesday. Hopefully with a little more clarity on the playoff picture, but you never know. Um, moving on to golf, though. So the 2022-2023 PGA season continues on this weekend after a little bit of a break after the FedEx FedEx Cup championships concluded. This weekend, as the PGA Tour returns to a calendar schedule in 2024, so instead of the schedule spanning past the new year, it will be strictly within the year. Um, We have the Fortinet championship which is played at silverado resort and spa north course every year in napa california carries a purse of 8.4 mil so a small event nonetheless uh an important one max homo looks to become the first player in 12 years to win the same event three years in a row as he won it in 2021 and last year steve stricker is the last person to win three in a row he did it in 2009 through 2011 at the john deere classic in illinois Par 72, 7,123-yard course, which is the north course at the Silverado Resort and Spa. It proved to be overall a relatively easy course over the years, as the winners normally finish around 18 to 21 under par over the four rounds. So look for some really low scores starting Thursday and, you know, the cut line to be pretty low um, into the red, probably negative four or something around there. So should be another fun weekend, obviously, with – a little bit of a break in golf. Um, always going to garner more attention since it's you know been three weeks or whatever since we've had a tournament. But I'm looking forward to the altered schedule as well starting next year with it, all the events consisting of you know not as many breaks and all in one year. I think it'll give the players more of a like a regulated schedule and not having to have as many off weeks and then on weeks and breaks and stuff like that. I think it'll be a lot better for them in their preparation and their Uh, routines and stuff like that so looking forward to it and then starting at the end of the month in a few weeks we have the Ryder Cup on September 29th this is a 12v12 international versus U.S. competition where a different format of golf is played every day sometimes you have 2v2s sometimes you have you know 1v1 match play 1v1 four ball whatever a bunch of different formats Um, the 12-man international team Consists of Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, of course, kind of the three big-name guys on that team. Then also you have Robert McIntyre, Terrell Hatton, who's been pretty solid, Matt Fitzpatrick, who won the U.S. Open last year, Tommy Fleetwoods, who, who's always you know one of the most consistent golfers in the world, Sepp Straka, he had a big win earlier this year, Justin Rose, um, you know, past his prime but still solid golfer, Shane Lowry, always competitive, Nikolai Hogard and Ludwig Aberg are the two younger guys who have not made appearances. Ludwig is a Texas Tech alum. I saw him pretty regularly before he was on the PGA Tour, but he's the first player ever to go straight from the PGA Tour University or just college golf right to the PGA Tour, passing all the schools and tours that you need to 
um, graduate from on your way up the ranks to the PGA Tour. So one of the most decorated golfers ever below the PGA Tour level, level um, winning two Ben Hogan Awards, which is the Heisman of golf. And, I mean, he's a really bright future. I'm excited to see how he does on this team in this competition format. I was already really excited for this event, and that just makes it that much more compelling knowing that, you know, a guy that went to our university literally, I mean, still is in Lubbock pretty regularly as far as I know. Um, should be fun to follow along as he plays against the biggest names in golf. Uh, the 12-man USA team consists of, you know, a lot of these guys have won majors or multiple events in the past couple of years. Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, Wyndham Clark, and Brian Harmon, who both won Opens this year. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, who was a little bit of a, um, you know, borderline pick, a captain's pick for the team. Uh, but he did get the the nod uh, by the captain, Zach Johnson. Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, Max Homa, Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka is the only live golfer to make the team. And then Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley. Um, so a really loaded team for the U.S. I would think the U.S. would win, but you never know what the matchups that they come out with. Um, if a guy's hot, he could you know, take a couple either way. So it's always pretty interesting to see how it shakes out. I think you need 16 and a half points to win, like for your team to win because it's out of 32. But um, yeah, night or 18 days away from that kicking off. And I believe that's a five day event uh, with five, five different formats each day. But honestly, I thought they made the teams pretty well. They constructed them the right way. And I think overall that none of the guys that didn't make it I'm shocked that they didn't make it. Like maybe Bryson DeChambeau should have made it because he's been really good. But with him being on the live tour and then Justin Thomas doing all that he's done, winning a major last year, um, I'm not too surprised at the picks. But nonetheless, I'm really looking forward to not only the Ryder Cup, but for the championship this weekend, even though I probably won't watch much of it with college football or just football in general going on. But yeah, looking forward to watching it. I hope hope we get some good golf, competitive, some competitive golf down the stretch. And then going back to the calendar thing real quick, I think for more casual fans like myself that don't watch every single golf event every week, I think it'll be easier to follow along with, not knowing, hey, is there a, is there an event this week, blah blah blah, not knowing when the count cal- when the calendar kind of resets. Um, so that'll be, I think that'll be good for the sport itself to garner you know more fans. Um, and then on getting on with the whole Avery thing, I mean, I'm pumped. Um, really cool to see a guy from Texas Tech doing what he's doing, making a huge name for himself. Um, definitely definitely going to be pulling for him. And then um, we want to see the international team play. Um, again, you mentioned it. It's all different kinds of type, you know, types of competition golf that's being played, which is always uh, a little more unique and, and always um, more interesting and more, draws a little more intrigue than just a typical, um, you know, regular four rounds of golf you see get played on tour. So um, certainly going to be looking forward to the next golf season. I'm going to try and watch a lot more golf this next year. Um, trying to get more into golf, which is my, you know, in my personal life, trying to get into it a little bit more, but, um, that kind of wraps up the golf section of this week's uh, episode, couple things, um, in the other category this week to kind of talk about, uh, NBA season tips off on the 24th of October. So we've got a while, uh, preseason starts in about three, four, about three weeks on, I believe October 5th. So got some time for the NBA. Probably we'll do some preseason, similar to the NFL, like the week before it starts, do some preseason preseason awards and then maybe predict uh, playoffs, that kind of thing. So follow a similar format that we did with the NFL. 
I'm looking forward to the NBA season. Uh, feels like every year we go into it thinking something, it's never chalk. It just feels it's the same thing with the NFL. It's never chalk. Um, so I'll be curious to see, you know, how the preseason looks, how rookies look. Obviously, Victor Romanyam is the big one, but Scoot Henderson, guys like that, the Amon, their Thompson brothers, um, seeing how they look as well. So um, preseason basketball is always different. It's interesting. Stars really don't play kind of like the NFL, but um, looking forward to the season getting started. It'll be here, you know, late October will be before we know it. So um, get to NBA once that once that gets rolling. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Obviously, being a Spurs fan, a lot to look forward to. Um, you know, not expecting anything big this year. Probably a seven seed at best. Um, that's if they get through the play-in, but I wouldn't expect much more than that. Maybe a six seed, um, probably their ceiling. Just a really young team, but overall, um, like you said, a lot of a lot changes from year to year in the NBA, and not too much. You know, you'll see there's not as many dynasties anymore. I don't think with all the star players, you know, always switching places and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'd expect the Nuggets to maybe be the one seed again, just because of the kind of the core they have there and having their, their rosters built really well. But other than that, I don't know how teams are going to look. Um, you know, a lot of teams did a lot to change their roster this off season for hopefully the better you would think, but you never know how that plays out when all those guys play together um, when the season comes around. But for, the NHL, the 2023-24 season, it's going to begin on Thursday, November 16th. So a little, you know, we're still two months away. But the preseason is going to start next Friday, September 22nd. So a really long preseason for the NHL. Uh, a little bit of a different format in terms of when teams play and stuff like that. But, um, you know, if you're dying for some hockey, then you can find some. Uh, I'm not sure on what channel, but it'll start this Friday or next Friday uh, on the 22nd. But that's pretty much going to do it in terms of content we have for y'all today. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with ice bath, just kind of something off script that we're thinking about or wanted to touch on. And uh, I guess I'll kick it off real quick. I know we're, both our takes are on the NFL, and we'll, we'll touch on this more in the Thursday episode as that's dedicated to football. But mine is that, you know, injuries suck, and I feel like yesterday was probably the most injuries I've seen in a week one of NFL ever. I can't remember a week one that, where there were this many players sustaining, you know, major injuries, if not multiple week injuries that require them to probably go on IR, which requires you to be out at least four games. Um, so the Ravens, the Ravens lost four dudes yesterday and they're all going to be out multiple weeks. JK Dobbins out the whole year with the torn Achilles. Um, that's unfortunate because we don't have a great run game behind him. I think still make it work without him, but it's going to be tough. And then two alignment in our left tackle and center going to be out multiple weeks with a, you know, Linderbaum, our center, high ankle sprain, Ronnie Stanley, left tackle, um, a knee sprain. So both those guys are going to be out probably at least three weeks. And then on defense, starting free safety, Marcus Williams, uh, kind of a pec injury. So he may not be out for the season, but, pretty close to it if not um and still waiting on marlon humphrey and mark andrews to get back to the field probably in a couple weeks so it's just unfortunate i know for my team it's a little it just seems like every year that you know your promising players go down it's never like a, a role player or a special teams guy it's always like big name guys that go down that have a big impact and if war was a thing in football which it, it is but no one ever really talks about it um you know, guys with a higher 
war than some other guys. But I know what we had four guys go down yesterday with seasoning injuries across the league. Um, I think Jack Conklin, right, is about season ending. And then Caden Stearns, safety for the Broncos, season ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think torn, torn patella, patella tendon. Um, but yeah, I just watched a lot of football yesterday and I, I haven't seen as many injuries as, or I, I've seen more injuries than I'm used to. And that was even after last year where we had a ton of injuries. So it just sucks, um, you know, for everyone. I always want the best players to be playing the whole season. It's just not how it goes seemingly every week. No, it's, I, I was lucky. Uh, the Chargers really didn't sustain any long-term injuries yesterday. Um, Eckler, is like day to day right now. I think with his, uh, it's quote uncertain for next week, next week's game, but you know, rolled an ankle, but it sounds like he's going to play probably. So, so really no big injuries there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look across the league, like Cam Hayward's hitting the IR this week, probably maybe having surgery. So we, you know, we could be on minimum four games, if not, you know, eight to 10 to 12. So, um, but yeah, like you said, just, it sucks to see you want everyone to be healthy. You want, you want the league to be healthy, which is always, um, you know, a goal you never, you never want. I mean, you're watching for entertainment and you want, you want the best of the best to be playing. So, um, hoping that everyone gets healthy, hoping everyone, you know, makes, makes great recoveries. The guys that it sustain likely season ending injuries, you know, like JK, like Jack Conklin. So you're hoping those guys make full recoveries and can get back next year, um, get back. Right. So, um, you feel for a guy like JK, I mean, add to the list, man. The guy can the guy can't catch a break and it feels like every injury he has is serious too, right? It's not just never feels like it's oh he tweaks an ankle, he's out a week, or he pulls a hammy, he's out a week, or he pulls a calf, he's out a week. It feels like it's every year he's got something serious going on, which I, I hate to see for that guy because he's really talented. We saw it in college, we seen it in the NFL when he's been healthy. So um hate to see that for him. Um my ice bat this week, um, Chargers lost yesterday but despite that um well number one they had a like historically good rushing game in the last decade which is i mean encouraging to see um i can provide some you know some takes on that on thursday um, kind of what the, i think that means to the team and blah blah blah. but um you know despite the fact that the defense did you know us a, a disappearing act the entire game looks like i'm going five and oh in fantasy this week so i'm all about that um Get a big week one W in all those leagues. Get up on half the league. Um, try and win some money this year. So uh, I'm in five leagues. One of them, I'm in two with Brett. Two? Yeah, two. Um, yeah. I'm in a dynasty league. I've got a league. I've, I've got three leagues that I have my own money in. One of them I play with somebody else who's who's uh, got some money in. And then uh, we split the, split the money and then. Uh, one league with Brett is like four people and we're just like, there's no money involved, just like loaded teams just for fun. So I think I scored like 190 this week in that league, which is insane. So, um, but yeah, five and oh in fantasy looks like barring, um, I think in one league, I like my opponent would need Brees Hall and the Jets defense to get like 45 points. And then I would need, uh, Garrett Wilson to outscore Josh Allen by like 12 points to lose in another league. So, um, looking good, looking good to go five and oh this week, which is, um, a little bit of a pick-me-up for the abysmal, to say the least, performance from the Chargers defense yesterday. So, I'll take it. Yeah, my fantasy team, every single person got under what they were projected, except Justin Jefferson and the Cowboys defense. Um, Cowboys defense got me 40, and 
nobody else got me more than 24. Um, so a rough week because I had a lot of, I had Jamar Chase and T Higgins and they both did nothing. Dallas Goddard did nothing. Um, yeah, so that, that was a rough, rough one overall because, you know, I have a pretty good roster. It's just no one did anything. And then in the other league, it's just guys underperforming. I mean, offenses always are normally off to a slow start to start the year just because most of the time you don't see a lot of offensive starters play in the preseason. So it takes a couple weeks, probably two to three weeks, for them to get to full form in terms of what they expect the offense to look like. So Ravens had a rough day offensively yesterday, but nonetheless still got the win. And I I know that's not what the offense is going to look like in its full form, but I was definitely encouraged from what I saw um, in you know some of it. Um, looking forward to the rest of the season, though. It uh, should be a lot of fun. And... I think that's pretty much it. Like like we've said multiple times, um, we will be back Thursday, if you didn't know, for the Thursday Turf Talk where we're covering you know, the biggest games in college football and the biggest games in NFL. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, I think we're going to have you know a few ranked matchups this week. I know Tech has their- zero. Zero um, ranked matchups. I looked I looked today. It's not, it's not a great week of college football. I'll put it that way. I want each pick but, two games I mean, and then... Yeah, maybe well, there, there's some intriguing almost ranked match like like Georgia and South Carolina. Like it's not ranked, right. but like I'm in, I'm a little intrigued by that, you know. So yeah. there's a couple where there's some some more than just basic intrigue. Um, but yeah, not a great week for week four and week five are awesome. Tons of ranked matchups. I think week four or week five, I think it's five. The Pac-12 is like three ranked matchups in the Pac-12. So um Big one there, but yeah, not a great week for college football, unfortunately. Should be some good games, though. I think the non-ranked games should be good, so we'll we'll have plenty to talk about. Yeah, no. Um, and then we will, I guess we'll update y'all on our overall records, and should be interesting to see how that see how that looks like after a full week of the NFL. But but yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up uh, for episode 52. We will see you on Thursday for Thursday Turf Talk, and then next Tuesday for episode 53. Yeah, we'll see you guys then.